Pastor John Cannon and the Congregation of Victory Church welcome you to this message from the Word of God. It is our heartfelt desire to see you grow closer to the Lord and to help you become all that He has created you to be. Our prayer is that through this ministry you would come to know Him in a greater way and that these teachings from Scripture would better equip you to fulfill His plan in your life. Now, let's join Pastor John as we study the Word together. Chapter 6, what a fantastic passage of Scripture. You should have some sermon notes uh, that are in your chairs for you there. If you will, go ahead and take those out. Uh, today's message, I'm going to split it up. I'm going to do part of it today, the next part of it next Sunday. Uh, this is going to be a series that I'm going to begin simply on the title of a little bit about stewardship and how to live and have a successful life. We're all looking for success, right? Uh, everybody today in our culture and our world is is trying to find what is it that makes us successful? How can we achieve success? Well, I think for Christians, we have one little missing piece that a lot of Christians never really tap into, and it's the whole idea of stewardship. So we're going to be speaking over the next uh, six or seven weeks or so uh, on this topic of stewardship, the missing piece of a successful life. Okay, so that's kind of what we're going to be talking about today. Uh, I'm just going to be doing the introduction. If you have your sermon notes, I'm going to share with you some observations from this passage. If you look on the back of it, I'm going to talk about how do we develop this lifestyle. I'm going to talk briefly about two things that are necessary and then the benefits of this type of a lifestyle. I'm going to push off until next Sunday. Otherwise, you'd be here at about one o'clock. Okay, so uh, and I don't want to do that to you. So we're going to push. We're going to split this one up a little bit. I was asking um, Brad this past week, he preached uh, his very first uh, Mother's Day message this past Sunday, which he did a fantastic job, so I would say give him a hand, but he's not here. But his wife is, and you know, behind every good preacher there's a good wife. They usually write the messages, or at least tell us how to deliver them. So, uh, Terry, thank you for doing that for Brad. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, but Brad did a good job with that, uh, with that last week. But I asked him, I said, how'd it go? And he said, it went fantastic, and it went good, and... Uh, and then he said, uh, he said, I think it actually, he said, I think it's the third worst message I ever preached. And he's only preached three. And he put that one at the bottom. So I said, no, I'm sure it was good. I said, how long did you preach? He said, about 20 minutes. I said, oh, 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 oh. I don't know if I can follow that. Right. I don't know if I can get anything out in 20 minutes. So with that, I got kind of under conviction. I thought this message today, I've got to cut it. Cut it down some. So I cut off the benefits until next week and we'll start unpacking this and leaning into it a little bit and talking about this whole idea of a lifestyle of stewardship. Now, I know we just had graduation uh, with a lot of colleges and high schools, I think, are still graduating. I don't think Mosquito graduates to win next weekend. Am I right on that? Uh, and I'm not sure O'Fallon next weekend as well. So still a little uh, ahead of the curve on that. But you remember when you're in school? And the teacher's up, and the teacher's talking about something, and, uh, and she'll ask a question, and you look over, she looks over the classroom, and she asks a question, and you've done your homework, you've studied, and you know the answer. You're like, yes, yes, I know the answer, I know the answer. Call on me, right? Call on me. You ever been there? Some of you? <laughs> Have you ever been there? Raise your hand. You know the answer to the question sitting in class. Yeah, 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 yeah. And you want to raise your hand. 
what about just the opposite? You're sitting in class and the teacher asks a question. You're like, oh, dear Lord. And then you get real spiritual-like and you pray. You say, Lord, please don't let her call on me. And you're trying to hide behind somebody. Don't you know they, the teachers can see that? They see that panic and that wide-eyed, deer-in-the-headlight look on your face. And guess who they're going to call on? To, me, every time, if I don't know the question, that's who they're going to call on. Well, I'm, I'm like the first part of that today. I know the answer to successful living, right? I know the answer. It's found in God's Word. There are some biblical principles in the Word of God that I have discovered that I know personally. I've lived them out and I've seen God bless. I know the answer to what is the question to successful living. I know the answer to that. You know what it is? It's stewardship. Really, the answer to successful living is stewardship. Most Christians completely miss that. They run off trying to do everything and be everything and go to all the seminars and do all. Listen, the answer to successful living is stewardship. That's the missing piece in most people's lives. So therefore, over the next five, six, seven weeks... Whenever I feel like I need to stop it, I feel, I feel like the Lord says that's enough, we'll stop. But I'm going to spend some time unpacking this principle that's found in God's Word about stewardship. Now, I realize whenever we talk about stewardship, that people say, oh no, here he goes. He's going to talk about money. Well, I am going to talk about money, okay? But stewardship is far more than just your money. Okay, and I'm going to touch all these areas that stewardship has an impact. By the way, I thought this would be a fantastic sermon series to go right along with our our Dave Ramsey Financial Peace University class that Miss Beth is starting the end of this month. So uh, if you haven't signed up for that Financial Peace University class with Dave Ramsey, Mr. Uh, or Miss Beth is going to be facilitating that for us. Haven't signed up for that. I want to encourage you to do that. Uh, that was one of the the life changing classes that took place in Debbie and I's life many years ago. Uh, whenever we uh, actually it was around around 2000 or so, 18 years ago or so, when we offered it here at the church, very first time I'd ever gone through it. It really kind of transformed us. There was a uh, here's a cool word. There was a paradigm shift that took place with our finances as a result of going through this class. And so I encourage you. If you have never gone through Financial Peace University, sign up for this class. Now, I hope and pray you'll have the same paradigm shift that takes place, okay? So I thought this would be a fantastic sermon series to bring right alongside of Dave Ramsey and Financial Peace University as we start digging out some of the uh, principles that we find in God's Word pertaining to stewardship, okay? So let's go back to the passage of Scripture. That Dustin just read for us, and I'm not going to read it again. But I want to share with you about four observations that we find in this particular passage of Scripture. Okay? Four observations. Number one, observation number one is that this behavior that was read in Luke chapter 6 that Jesus gives us in Scripture, this behavior is to be our lifestyle. Okay? Now let that sink in. This behavior that we find in Luke chapter 6, verse 27 through 38, this passage of Scripture is to be our lifestyle. 
And we may ask the question, does Jesus really expect us to live this way? The answer is yes, he does. I mean, look at this passage of Scripture, if you will. Look, if you're willing to listen, I say, love your enemies. Do good to those who hate you. Pray for the happiness of those who curse you. Pray for those who hurt you. Have you ever been hurt? Have you ever had someone curse you? Have you ever had someone attack you? Have you ever had someone say mean or evil things about you? Have you ever been ostracized because of a situation? It may be family. It may be somebody on a job. It may be one of your best friends, and you just got hurt through the whole situation. Has anybody experienced that type of stuff? Most of us have. You know why we have? There's a four-letter word for that. No, it's not the one you're thinking. It's the word life, right? L-I-F-E. That's life, right? I mean, that just happens. Stuff like that happens. And the lifestyle that we are to live out is what we find here in Luke chapter 6, where Jesus said, love your enemies. Pray for those who curse you. Pray for those who hurt you. If someone slaps you on one cheek, turn the other. If he demands your coat, give your shirt. Give what you have to anyone who asks for it. I mean, and it goes on and on. So the question is, are we to live this lifestyle? The answer is yes. This behavior in Luke 6, 27 through 38, is to be our lifestyle. So your homework is to go study Luke 6, 27 through 38. That's where I want you to camp out this week. Unpack that. Read it slowly. Apply it to your life. And ask yourself the question, am I living this lifestyle? Because it's the lifestyle that Jesus expects us to live as a child of God. Observation number two is this. This behavior sets us apart from the world. Okay? Whenever we look at the world, how they behave, and we look at God's people, how they are behaving, there should be really on polar opposites. There should be a difference. This behavior in Luke 6, 27 through 38, it sets us apart from the behavior of the world. I want you to look in verses 32 through 34. Take out your Bibles and look at that, if you will. Luke 6, 32 through 34. Jesus says, do you think you deserve credit merely for loving those who love you? Even, get this, even the sinners do that. Do you get that? Let's look at that again. Do you think you deserve credit merely for loving those who love you? Even the sinners do that. What Jesus is saying is even the world does that. I mean, people that don't even know me as their Lord and their Savior, they do that. That's how the world lives. And then he says, it goes further in verse 33. And if you do good only to those who do good to you, is that so wonderful? Read that next phrase for me. Even sinners do, come on together, even sinners, even the world does that. Look at the next verse. And if you lend money only to those who repay you, what good is that? Read the next phrase for me again. Even sinners will lend to their own kind for a full return. So what Jesus is doing, he's drawing a parallel and he's saying, listen, I want you to look and see. This is the way the world lives and this is the way that I want you to live. So this lifestyle that we're to be living sets us apart from the world. Luke 6, 27 through 38. Third observation is this. This behavior is modeled by our Heavenly Father. It's modeled by our Heavenly Father. Look, if you will, in verse number 36. The Scripture says, You must be compassionate just as your 
Father is compassionate. So this is the behavior, this is the lifestyle that's modeled by our Heavenly Father. Therefore, it's the lifestyle that we should live out as well. Observation number four. This behavior will reap many benefits. Okay? Now let that sink in for a moment. In this passage of Scripture, we see first of all that this is to be our lifestyle. We see second of all that it sets us apart from the world. We see thirdly that this model or this behavior was modeled by our Heavenly Father. Fourth observation, I'm pulling this directly out of the text. I'm exegeting the text. I'm not eisegeting it. I'm not reading into it. I'm just pulling it directly from. And I can pull directly from the text that this lifestyle reaps many benefits for us all. Let's look at some of those benefits. Look in verse 35. Luke 6 in verse number 35. Scripture says, love your enemies. Do good to them. Lend to them. And don't be concerned that they might not repay. Then your reward from heaven will be very great. How many would like to have a great reward from heaven? (laughs) Yeah. I mean, we're crazy if we're not lifting our hands right here. How many would like to have a great reward from heaven? Yes, me. Right? You say, well, we Christians, we're supposed to never receive anything good. Life's supposed to be boring and sad and never nothing good. And all's supposed to be hard. And, you know, no, no, no. Baloney. That's, that's Greek for baloney. <laughs> right? Listen, I want God's blessings on my life. Right? I want God's favor on my life. I want God to bless me physically. I want God to bless me mentally. I want God to bless me emotionally. I want God to bless me relationally. I want God to bless me even financially. Right? Because I want to be a conduit that's tapped into heaven, living out this lifestyle in Luke 6, so that I can be a blessing to others. And I'm going to say more about that in just a moment. This is the whole idea of stewardship. Right? For the individual that's sitting here today and you've already closed off this message because you think stewardship is just a preacher wanting my money. Listen, you, you have closed the windows of heaven and what you're saying is, God, I don't want your blessing. Right? I hope that's none of you that are sitting here like that. I want God's blessings. I want God's favor. I want God's touch on my life. I want God's favor. I want to receive some great rewards. Now, ultimately, there's no reward like eternity with God in heaven. I understand that. Right? And Luke 14 says he's going to build us a mansion. And I'm looking forward to living in that mansion. There's an old southern hymn that talks about just a cabin on the hillside. Uh Uh-uh, honey, I don't want no cabin on the hillside. I want the mansion that he's going to build for me. Are you with me? Are you guys out there this morning? I want to reap some of the rewards. I want to reap some of the blessings that come from God. How do I do that? I must live in Luke 6, 27 through 38. I must adapt this lifestyle to be my own. This must be how... I live. Look what he says. Verse 35. Love your enemies. Do good to them. Lend to them. And don't be concerned that they might not repay. Then your reward from heaven will be very great. Look at verse 37. If you forgive others, you will be forgiven. Do you want to be forgiven? What do you got to do? Talk to me. Forgive others. If you 
give, you will receive. You want to receive? You got to give. You want to be first? You got to be last. I mean, the scripture is filled with analogies like that, right? I mean, whatever you want, you almost got to do the opposite. Live this lifestyle of just being a conduit tapped in to the Lord. If you will, if you give, you will receive. Your gift will return to you in full measure, pressed down, shaken together to make room for more. Have you ever put something in a container and you're trying to put more in it? What are you doing? You're pressing it down, right? Then you're shaking it, right? And you're shaking it and you want, and you're patting it down and you want to put more in it. That's what he says your gift's going to be. Your gift will return to you in full measure, pressed down, shaking together to make room for more and running over. And whatever, get this, this is key. You need to highlight this in your scripture or in your notes or mentally in the margin of your mind. You need to get a hold of this. Whatever measure you use in giving. Now let that sink in. Whatever measure you use in giving. Now, understand, this is, this is simply, I don't believe this is simply just talking about money, although that's included. I believe it also includes our time. I believe it includes our talents. I mean, a large gamut of things. But whatever measure you're using in giving, whether it's large or small, that is what will be used to measure what is given back to you. Now, I didn't make that up. That's Scripture. Right? Luke 6, 27 through 38. You want God's rewards? You want His blessings? you got to camp out there. That must be your lifestyle. That must be how you learn to live. So God is teaching us specifically here in Luke 6, 27 through 38, some biblical principles... On how we can live a successful life. Everybody's looking for the key to success. Right? Motivational speakers all across America are traveling and giving their ideas to what keys to success are. Jesus already gave them to us. They're really found in Luke 6, 27 through 38. If you just adopt that lifestyle as your lifestyle, I promise you, You're going to live a successful life. Then you're going to have to go determine, well, what is success? And everybody's going to have different um, definitions of that. But I promise you, you're going to be blessed. And when you are on the receiving end of God's blessings, then, friends, that's called a successful life. Amen? Stewardship. Stewardship is simply this. And don't put the next slide up yet, Phil. Stewardship is simply this, unless I, unless, if I have this in there, put it up. I can't remember what I put in the slides. Stewardship is simply managing the resources that God has given you. I must not have that in there. He'd have it up. Okay? But I want you to write that down. Stewardship is simply managing the resources that God has given you. Okay? A steward is a manager. Stewardship is managing the resources that God has given you. Okay? Now, my favorite saying in all of my stewardship series and sermons and everything that I allude to stewardship about, I have a four-word sentence that I use, and I know I have this one in the slide. It's simply this. Stewardship equals 
God owns it all. Okay? God owns it all. And guys, we've got to get a hold of that. We've got to realize that we really don't own anything. God owns everything. Right? It's all His. The cattle on a thousand hills belong to the Lord. The taters under the hill belong to the Lord. The rocks in the hill belong to the Lord. Everything. God owns it all. Let's say that together. God owns it all. Say it again. One more time. Well, I tell you, if you could really live out and really believe in your heart and in your mind that you don't own anything, there's not one thing that I own. I'm simply managing and being a good steward of what God has placed in my possession to take care of while I'm here on this earth. Because when I die, none of that stuff is going with me. Matter of fact, the only thing we can take with us to heaven is really our loved ones and our family and our friends and people that we share the gospel with. And then they can go to heaven with us, but that's it, right? So we got to understand that God owns it all, and we are just simply managers. Say managers. Managing the resources that God has placed in our care and our possession. That's what stewardship is about. So I want to ask you a question. Are you managing well, or have you taken ownership of? There's a difference. There's got to be a paradigm shift there. We can't take ownership of. We just have to manage well. We can't live life like this with our hands closed, holding on to what we have in our possession. We must live life like this with our hands wide open, saying, The Lord giveth and the Lord taketh away. Finish it for me. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Right? It's His. And whatever he wants me to manage. Now listen, I've got to be a good steward. Okay? I've got to live in Luke 6, 27 through 38 to receive the heavenly blessings and the heavenly rewards. Okay? I've got to live different than the world's living. I've got to have a paradigm shift take place. Really a heart shift take place in my life to where I'm living according to what the word of God teaches. It's more than just being saved. Okay? A lot of folks go to Scripture just to use it as a fire escape because they don't want to go to hell. They're like, preacher, what do I have to do? I don't want to go to hell. What do I have to do? We tell them, okay, I've done that, and they think that's it. No, that's only the beginning. Okay? Now you've got to change your lifestyle and then start receiving the blessings. So here's something else I know. Every single person in this room today, you are either a reservoir or a river. Your lifestyle and the way you view things, you're either a reservoir or you're a river. Now, what do I mean by that? A river has an intake of fresh, flowing water that's running and streaming. Matter of fact, that's the things we like to get into on our float trips and get on our rafts and get on our kayaks and just kind of float down the river because there's a current and there's a stream and then we'll pull over and there's some fresh deep water and we'll take a dive and we'll swim in it and we'll get back in the current and we'll keep going and keep having a wonderful time. I mean, I love doing that. Don't you love doing that? That's called a river. I don't want to go kayaking or floating in a reservoir. Let me tell you why. (laughs) It's nasty. 
No fresh water coming into it. It's got a film all over the top. Mold and algae and stinks. And Man, I don't want to get in that water. But some of you live your life just like that. Because you're all about hoarding it up. Matter of fact, your life's philosophy is something like this. I'm going to get all I can. And I'm going to can all I get. And I'm going to sit on the can. And I'm just going to hoard it up. And it's just for me, and it's for me, and don't you touch it. Don't you even ask for it. Don't you get it. This is mine, this is mine, this is mine. You're a reservoir. Let me tell you what, you stink. (laughs) Ain't nobody want to come messing and floating around in your water. Right? You're not a blessing to anyone. You got old green algae growing everywhere. The frogs don't even like jumping in your water. I mean, sometimes they have to because that's all there is, but man, it's nasty stuff. We get to be a river. Flowing water, fresh water, living on God's supply and God's goodness and God's reward and God's blessing and just letting it flow through our life. I want my life to be a conduit that's just tapped into God and letting his blessings flow through me so I can live life like this and try my best to be a blessing to others. I love what old Zig Ziglar said. And by the way, Zig Ziglar was a solid Christian man. Loved the Lord. Very successful man. But he was a river. One of his sayings, he has many, and you ought to go just Google quotes by Zig Ziglar. Solid Christian man, had biblical principles, traveled around the world, teaching those biblical principles in the corporate uh, business world of our day. Did an amazing job. Zig Ziglar says something like this. If you'll help enough people in life get everything they want, you'll get everything you want. Life is about helping others get everything else they want. Right? Life is about being a blessing. Life is about being a conduit, knowing where our blessings come from. And just being a river. And just allowing the blessings, the heavenly rewards from God to flow through us so that we can be a blessing to others. Does that make sense? I don't know about you, but that's, that's pretty good stuff right there. So, that's my four observations. Do I have time to get to the rest of it? I really don't. So, you have a choice. You either get to be a river or you get to be a reservoir. I thought I was going to get all the way down to benefits of lifestyle stewardship, but I think I'm going to cut this off. Now, how long have I been preaching? More than 20 minutes? 25 minutes. But I am going to stop right there because that's a good stopping point. Listen, guys. The missing piece to successful living is stewardship. Stewardship. Just being a manager and understanding that God owns everything and that I want my life to be a blessing to him. And I want to be the light of the world. I want to be the salt of the earth. I want to be a witness. I want to be a testimony for the Lord. I want to share with everybody the goodness that God has been and done for me and how what a great God he is and, and how he's forgiven me and how he loved me so much that he died on the cross for me. And he's gone to prepare a place for me. And while I'm here on this earth, I just want to share the goodness of the Lord with others. And I want to be tapped into his blessings. And I want his favor on my life. Luke 6, 27 through 38. Camp out there. Live there. Paradigm shift. Let it take place in your life. Right there in that passage of scripture. Leave here today realizing that God owns it all. Right? We don't own anything. We're just managers. Of all the resources 
that he's placed in our hand, including our time, including our talents, including our gifts. And we're being a good steward with that and a good manager with that. Now, I know Bob didn't do this for me to share this, but what a great example of stewardship. God bless Bob with the ability to purchase 32 tickets for our kids so those kids can go to the circus and have a good time. God bless Bob with the ability to purchase 10 tickets for adults so those adults could go to the circus with their kids and have a good time. God bless Bob with the ability for those that, that don't have the adult tickets to have a sponsor, sponsor a child, and, and have a ticket for the sponsor. You know what that is? That's God's blessings resting on Bob and God saying, I want to share that with others. Right? Now, what a great example that is. I didn't go to Bob asking, Bob, will you buy circus tickets for our kids at Victory? No, he came to me and he said, Pastor, would you be opposed if I gave away some tickets to our kids at Victory? I said, are you kidding me? Am I going to be opposed to that? No. Right? Kids get to go to the circus. What a great time. You see, guys, that's what I'm talking about. Just living, tapped into God's favor and allowing it to flow through you so you can be a blessing to others. When you start living that way, it's going to completely transform your life. Luke six twenty-seven through 38. Read it this week. Camp out in that passage of Scripture this week. I'm going to unpack more of that next week, but I want you to dig in that a little bit, okay? So the question I want you to leave here today with is this. Ask yourself, am I a river or am I a reservoir? Am I leaving here a river, just allowing God's blessings to funnel and flow through me? Or am I hoarding it all up, scared to death I'm going to lose a penny? One thing, don't live like that. Be a reservoir. And it all begins with trusting, and I'm going to talk more about that, trusting in Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, not only to save your soul, but to meet all of your needs according to his riches and glory. There's another paradigm shift that must come there. Not only for salvation, but for all of life, trusting him. Why don't we bow our heads and we'll pray. I'll ask the band to come on back. And Father, we thank you for our time together today. And Lord, my prayer is that if there's someone here, first of all, that has not received you as their personal Lord and Savior, that today would be the day that they would make that decision, that they would believe and know, God, that you love them so much that you gave your only Son who lived a sinless life, who died on the cross for their sins. And all they simply got to do is ask you to forgive them. Receive the wonderful price that was paid and trust you as their Savior today. If there's someone here that hasn't received you as their Lord and Savior, I pray that they would pray a simple prayer, just something like this. And if that's you today, just repeat this prayer silently in your heart after me. Just say, Dear God, I need to be saved. I need to trust in Jesus as my Savior. Or maybe I need to rededicate my life to you. I trusted you a long time back, but I've drifted far from you. Today I recommit rededicate my life to you. I give you my life. Forgive me. In Jesus' name I pray. Father, I pray for everyone here at Victory today. For that individual that may have just either rededicated their life or trusted you as their personal Lord and Savior today, beginning this new walk with you. I pray, God, you'd give each one reassurance of their salvation, 
reassurance of decisions that were made. And for the rest of us that are Christ followers, I just pray, God, you help us to live our life as a river and not a reservoir. A river with fresh water, blessings that are flowing from you, flowing through us so that we can be a blessing to others. Father, use us. Help us to live out this lifestyle that's found in Luke chapter 6, 27 through 38. It will change us forever. Have your will and way in our hearts and in our lives. In Jesus' name we pray. And Father, before I close today, we as a church family... I pray that we lift up Addie and Mandy to you in prayer. They've had a very difficult time this week, or actually the last several weeks, a couple of months. Lord, we ask your blessings on them. Thank you for that healthy baby boy. We pray, God, you continue to bless him. Father, we pray for Mandy and her physical illness that she has. We ask, God, you touch her. We know she's scheduled for another surgery and possibly even more after that and just touch her God today in the hospital room let her know that her Victory Church family is here praying for her Father we also lift up Earl to you in prayer we know that he's in a rehab facility and we just pray God that you encourage his heart and we miss seeing him here at Victory Church today and we lift up Earl and his family to you speak to his heart as well Father there may be others that I've missed we just thank you for Sarah that's been in and out of the hospital, that you've allowed her to be well so she can get married next week. We ask your blessings on her. Father, so many that have been in and out of the hospitals, and I know I'm going to miss some names. But, Lord, we lift these up to you today, and we ask for your healing touch. We ask for your presence to be felt. And the power of prayer we know changes things. And we just lay these individuals at your feet. Pray you give them strength and healing. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, thank you for joining us for this message from the Word of God. We know that the truth you have just heard will change your life if you believe it and intentionally apply it. If you need someone to pray with, or maybe you just want someone to talk to, please call us at 618-622-9360. That's 618-622-9360. Or you can email us at victory at victorychurchonline.net. If you're interested in obtaining more teaching materials, or if you'd like to partner with us in this ministry, please contact us. You can email or call, or send a request to 715 Lake Point Center, Suite 109, Fallon, Illinois. 62269. Come and check us out on the web at www.victorychurchonline.net. And again, we thank you and are glad you could join us.